This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Before we get into the pod, I just want to tell you guys about our partner, Bet Online. Uh, as you know, March has arrived and we're only a few weeks away from the big tournament. Yes, that March Madness tournament. Uh, make sure you head over to Bet Online and open an account today to get in on their $100,000 bracket madness contest starting on March 15th. And remember, the NBA and XFL are still going strong, so whatever your passion is, Bet Online is the place to be for all your betting needs. Visit our good friends and exclusive partner, Bet Online, to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Sign up for a free account and make sure to use that promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word, that's B L U E W I R E. For your 50% sign-in bonus, bet online. Your online sportsbook experts. Blue wire. Breaking news: LeBron is a Laker. This Clippers team will win a championship this year. Paul George, corner three. Yes, sir. Brian has to put it up with the buzzer. Backs it in. What's good, everybody? Welcome back to the Battle for LA podcast, part of the Clutch Points and Blue Wire Networks. Uh, we are here a day after the Lakers have finally beaten the Clippers um, in round three. As always, it's Tomer Zarla here, your LA Clippers beat writer for Clutch Points. On the other side of that table is Ryan Ward, our LA Clip, our LA Lakers beat writer LA for Clutch Points. Have you had enough Clippers? There's a lot. There's a lot of LA stuff going yeah. on here. Uh, before we get into the pod, I want to introduce our first guest uh, today, Matt Moreno, Matthew Moreno, <laughs> as you like to go. I thought his name was pronounced Matitiu, Matitiao, uh, Moreno from Lakers Nation. Uh, Matthew, thanks for joining us today. Really appreciate you spending the time with us. Uh, yeah, of course. You were you were in in house yesterday, just like we were uh, t- to watch the game, right? Or were you, were you were you there at all? No, I was not there. I was covering uh, the LA Marathon with Justin Turner oh, in the oh, morning, and then I caught oh, the Justin, game. Justin Turner, look at that! Now, did you run in this marathon, sir? No, I did not run. Did you jog? Briskly walk. I did. So, because of all the road closures, I did walk about a mile. So, I'll count that oh. as my participation. Okay, I'll give you. I'll give you that. Uh, well, I'm assuming you watched the the game yesterday uh, at some point. Yes. Um. What were your takeaways from the game? Because I, I, I have a, a bunch, kind of a mixed bag for me. I'm sure it is for Ryan. What was your takeaway from the game? Well, I guess I'll uh, kind of preface everything by saying, you know, going in, it was a big weekend for the Lakers playing, you know, the Bucks on Friday and then the Clippers on Sunday. And going into it, I honestly thought uh, that the Lakers were going to sweep both games. In terms of the Bucks, I thought uh, LeBron would kind of, you know, rise to the challenge and sort of the whispers that have been going on around the league about, you know, Giannis taking over uh, and this and that. And also I felt like if the Lakers want to have any shot of catching the Bucks for the best record, however slim that might be, that they absolutely had to win that game. Uh, 
so that happened. And then after that win, I had a, I kind of had a feeling that LeBron sort of again, you know, would rise to the occasion, if you will, and carry the Lakers past uh, the Clippers for the first time, as you said uh, on the on the beginning of this. And so, you know, it's it was an, I think it was an important game for both teams. It was probably a little bit more important for the Lakers. But that being said, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't put. I'm not someone who puts a ton of stock into regular season matchups. So you don't think they're going to win three straight uh, NBA Finals now? <laughs> no, I do, I do not. Maybe two. I don't maybe know about maybe three. two. Maybe two in a row. So so I I just I don't put too much into in regular season as well. I think that when you have a team like the Lakers, who's led by LeBron, who's a tremendous defensive team, they're really good offensively. You can't put too much into it. But I do feel like against Kawhi Leonard specifically. If you go down 0-3 in a regular season, I think that puts some kind of a mental note, a note of some sort in your head that maybe this guy has your number. Are, are you on board with that at all? Because I felt like if they go down 0-3 in the regular season, even though it is regular season, I mean, they won the first one without Paul George. Uh, they won the second one by coming back in the Lakers court on Christmas Day. Uh, I felt like 3-0 would have been kind of a, a, a weird mental note that the Lakers would have used. Do you agree with that? Disagree with that? Uh I think you could probably apply that to most of the players and maybe every player not named LeBron. Right. And it's not it's it's not to sit here and prop him up as, you know, this Oh, that's totally what you're doing right now. <laughs> no, it's, that's not it's definitely not my intention. I just think like he's been, you know, year 17, he's seen the best of the best and the worst of the worst, right? Mhm. So, I just kind of feel like as a competitor, yes, he would prefer to not have lost, you know, the first 3 matchups against Kawhi and the Clippers but at the end of the day come the playoffs I think he understands that it, it can completely switch and I know it's a different animal but look at uh, when he was with the Cavs and they struggled against the Raptors and then the playoffs came around and what happened true That's sweep good... sweep five game series sweep good comparison yeah, uh, yeah I, I kind of felt like I mean obviously the Lakers aren't going to get swept in the playoffs but um, I feel like at this point especially with a guy like Kawhi who's Shown that he can carry a team, um, going three and going down three zero would have would have been a bit weird. Um, but again, you mentioned for every player not named LeBron, uh, it's weird. But LeBron's sort of a unique in that aspect that you never can rule him out. Um, I did think that he was switching a lot yesterday. He was really trying to seek out the Clippers matchups and trying to get <laughs> Lou Will or or whoever he could expose sort of defensively. Um, and I didn't on my part, I didn't understand why Doc Rivers kept him in that much. Uh, Lou Will, that, that is, because Kawhi and PG were creating offense for themselves. Uh, they didn't really go to Lou as much. Lou finished 2 of 9 or 3 of 11 shooting. Yeah, it was 3 of 11 shooting. Um, wasn't really a factor for most of the game. And I thought guys were creating for themselves, so he was kind of pointless on the offensive end. Um, and that's, and all the, that's all he's good at, the offensive I mean, end. Yeah, and then, look, the, the, way, the way I see it is if the Clippers are up, you can play Pat and Reggie Jackson because they're, they're they're more defensive guards. But if you're down and you need points, you need Lou uh, to, to, to try and garner more points. But when, on a night when he's not scoring well, like I don't know what the point was. And especially when you have a guy like LeBron who's smart enough to seek out mismatches and attack the entire time. Um, I don't think Doc sh- showed all of his cards yesterday. I will add that as well. Because there were a lot of... Uh, he played Zubat's 14 minutes, said he didn't really like the Zoo on AD matchup. Uh, he played there's, Lou. There's a weird flow to it from the uh, Clippers' perspective. How so? <clears throat> well, I don't know. It's just, it's, it, it seemed like Kawhi was kind of half engaged mm-hmm. most of the time. I mean, yeah, still some amazing plays, like that one spin move on LeBron, which was 
kind of comical, considering this, that LeBron yeah. was pointing the other direction. Kawhi's like, <laughs> okay, he's not even looking at me. Like, spin move, dunk. But uh, it just didn't seem like he was bringing everything. Paul George did. Well, Paul George was having a good game. Yeah, and he I was, think he was, he was really hard to stop all game. I think he had 29 entering the fourth quarter and finished with 31. Something like they that. They did yeah. a really good job on him yeah. defensively. But I also think he just got real passive and just the ball wasn't moving. Like the Lakers held him to a season low uh, 10 assists for most of the game until they got a couple late uh, easy buckets. But that was garbage mm-hmm. time. Subs were already in, game was over. So um, a guy who's been propped up a lot, uh, Alex Caruso, uh, been, been really solid for the Lakers. He didn't play in the second half at all yesterday. Um, Matt, surprised to see Alex Caruso not getting PT, uh, PT late? Not necessarily, only because I feel like we've seen these, we've seen this happen kind of sporadically throughout the year. Uh, the Lakers of Frank Vogel, LeBron, pretty much the entire team, the entire locker room has made it clear that they believe in Rondo, uh, much to obviously the fans' dismay. But I mean, it's sort of, you know, it was work. Obviously, it was a little bit of a back and forth game, but it was working. I mean, Rondo was kind of helping orchestrate things and he did have his rough moments which i think we've seen throughout the season but i mean really like the, the coaching staff believes in him i guess is kind of the simplest way i could put it think so you think that's what it is well i mean he finished with he finished with seven assists in 22 minutes i think the the stretch to start the fourth quarter where the lakers had lebron on the court and rondo and i, I don't think the clippers had either pg or Kawhi. to me that was a stretch that sealed the deal because the Lakers, I think, upped their lead to about 10 or 11 at that point, something like that. And then at that point, you're just scrambling to try and find lineups to come back from 10 points down, right. and it was too late for them. I think a lot of it, too, in a, in a game like this, I mean, it's safe to say it was you know, a playoff atmosphere and obviously a potential you know, Western Conference Finals matchup, uh, depending on how the seeding ultimately shakes out. And rondo for he has ex- the playoff experience and the championship medal and so i think that also was a factor on top of frank vogel already believing in him okay let's go in, in a guy that off the court i like this guy i think he's cool i know he had some weird case against him but look with me he's never had an issue avery bradley's been cool with me um but man Humble i felt brag. like i felt like he was due for a revenge <clears throat> game against the clippers i know that in the beginning of the year he said he circled uh, games against the Clippers. I don't know if he circled the third one necessarily. Well, he definitely circled this uh, one. But, I, I, but I mean, 24 <laughs> points, 6 of 12 level. shooting from beyond the arc, 9 of 17 from the field in total, uh, a, ga- a game high plus 13, higher plus minus than LeBron, AD, anyone else on the court. Um, what, what did you make of his of his play yesterday? I mean, like you said, obviously it's it's – kind of cliche but it was i think more or less a revenge game and ryan said he probably did have this one circled especially after the lakers lost the first two uh maybe it's a little a little bit of hyperbole and exaggeration but you could argue that avery bradley was the difference maker in some regard without his shooting and his scoring i mean where are the lakers they might be in a difficult spot i know kuzma had some putbacks and he you know played well defensively which was which he continued to trend in the right direction but without that score i mean the lakers may have been in trouble Avery Bradley had two points on Christmas Day on one of five shooting and had eight points on opening night of three of seven shooting. Had two threes that game. Um, yeah, I think it's fair to say he was a difference maker. I think a big part of the difference maker as well on the Clippers side, and this is credit to the Lakers defense, but I think they also missed some open shots. Uh, Marcus Morris went 0 of 9 from the field. He was the big acquisition that everyone expected to have a big role in defending Anthony Davis and in scoring. 
alongside Kawhi and PG. I thought it was uh, more of a, they wanted him to guard LeBron. I think I mean they were throwing bodies at him, but I think Kawhi was more on LeBron, and Morris is a is a taller, bigger body. You know what did so. impress me was uh, Kawhi trying to guard uh, Anthony Davis, in fronting him, yeah. getting physical mm-hmm. with him. I was like, damn. Yeah, there were times where they were going at it in the post. Yeah, and I think there were a couple of times where LeBron wanted to get him the ball, but he was denying him so well that yeah. he didn't want to force that pass yeah. there. And that's what Kawhi I does. I think that's. Go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you. Off. I think that is something to watch because I've in AD I've noticed he can tend to get pushed out too far from the block a little a little easily. Right. And in some sense, it almost reminds me of Powell's first season with the Lakers when they matched up against the Celtics and they just pushed him off his spot every single time. Uh, it's not happening with as much frequency with Anthony Davis, but there's some similarity. So what I noticed in the first two matchups on Christmas Day and opening night is that when the Clippers started Patrick Patterson, they forced AD, like you said, to catch the ball more in like the high post, mid-range area as opposed to on the low block. And I think they were sagging off and sort of giving him the jumper. And I was saying this, like, an Anthony Davis jumper is a win because you don't want him pounding inside and destroying your team inside. True. But, I mean, mid-range, I don't know so much. He's pretty damn good mid-range. I'm just saying, when you you consider it's layups, when you consider it's either layups or mid-range shots, true. I think it's a win for the Clippers. It, yeah, it might be. Um, that physicality, though, that's gonna that's gonna play a big role if they meet in the playoffs. I think they think they know they have to rough up Anthony Davis. Yeah, take, they have they have no one to game. stop him. They have no one to stop him because I mean he didn't really have a great game until until the second half. But he right? imposed his will inside for the most part. He did, and he still he scored his will. Thirty yeah. points, I think. Yeah, he finished with thirty points on eleven of nineteen shooting. Had eight rebounds, and it was uh, a couple steals, a block, five similar fouls. Similar against the Bucks too. He didn't have a good game the whole the whole way, and then he ends up with like thirty one at the end. Like, how the hell did he get 31 points? Yeah. I, it's I think that's like a, called clutch. Sort of like a quiet, uh, quiet third. <laughs> clutch sports? Or clutch just, is, just, yeah, just clutch, clutch sports, clutch, clutch points. points. Clutch, what are you, what are you talking uh, about here? Everything. All the above. All the above. All the clutches. Good answer. Um, but, yeah, I think Clippers guys, you know, role players, Lou Williams, 3 of 11. Uh, Reggie Jackson, 3 of 7. Landry Shamit, 0 of 3. Uh, Zubats, 1 of 4. Marcus Morris, 0 of 9. Uh, get, again, Credit the Lakers' defense for forcing them into really tough contested shots. I think a bunch of those were, were just kind of just misses uh, at that point, where they missed enough contested shots that even the open ones they were they were looking. Still back can't at. believe Avery Bradley shot twelve threes. <laughs> made crazy. half of them. Um, so, in, in in watching the game, how much did you take away from the Clippers' side in terms of their their looks, their ball movement, stuff like that, Matt? I didn't necessarily think they were uh, as sharp as they were open at night because that was. When we were there, we, I know we kind of talked about it a little bit. That to me really struck out, stuck out. Excuse me, between the well, you're the mixing, you're mixing your baseball and your basketball. <laughs> yeah, <no. laughs> uh, so, going, you know, I felt like you could really tell, even though the Clippers were a bit of a new team, their second unit had kind of that cohesion and experience together, mm-hmm. and that I think hurt the Lakers on opening night. And I didn't necessarily feel as though it was as much of a factor yesterday. Uh, probably some of it, like you said, had to do with just missing shots. I mean, that obviously can kind of help mask some of your some of your issues. Um, but yeah, yeah, the Lakers shot ten of thirty five from three. Um, not great. I mean, the bench had one three pointer in total for the Lakers, and that was from KCP. Um, the Clippers side seven of thirty one from three. Uh, Kawhi and PG had five of those. Um, Reggie had one, and then Lou, Lou Williams had one. Um, all in all, though, I mean. When you look at this this match of the series, like, does this change anything for you from what you thought before? Not necessarily, and a lot of that has to do with honestly, I could not 
no uh, result would surprise me. I think if they do meet in the playoffs, it's probably going at least six games. Okay. And I wouldn't be shocked if either team won it. And I, I'm not necessarily trying to hedge my bets here. I think both teams are just talented. And each one is capable of beating the other four times you know, in a week or whatever the playoff schedule would be. I agree with that. Might be the first series we see where there's six home games for a single team. Like, I'll say, like, Clipper fans showed up yesterday. There was a good, I would say it was 65-35 in in favor of Lakers. Uh, Like, when the Clippers were making their run, you could hear the Clipper fans. But when the Lakers made their run, it was almost deafening. It was loud. Um, Kind of unique. I mean, do you think we'll see? Because I will say this. In playoffs, Clipper fans have showed up. But they've never played the Lakers. Uh, Not recently, anyways. So... Um, well, we w- we won't know. We won't know. I w- I'll think it's I think it's going to be great no matter what, because there's going to be so much hype around this playoff series that uh, there's going to be tons of people there. I mean, what was yeah, it? And- Leonardo DiCaprio was there yesterday. Was he really? Yeah, he was wow. in one of the boxes. Wow. Yeah, I went and chatted up with him for <laughs> a little bit. What's up, Leo? What were you saying, Matt? I think what what's inter- what's going what I'm interested to see is how many Clipper fans or how many at least of their, you know, when it is a Clipper home game, how many of those tickets end up in the hands of Laker fans? Because on the one hand, it's a, obviously it's a matchup that people we've never seen before. Right. Uh, so, and both teams have championship aspirations. So there's a ton of excitement there. The flip side to it is, are there going to be fans who think, well, here's an easy way to kind of make a quick buck because I can sell them right. you know, about face value and this and that. And so, just gave me a good idea. What? Just gave me a great idea. So the the reason I br- I brought that up is because, um, I mean, you guys have seen for the last couple of years, whenever the Warriors were in town with Steph, KD, Drake, they they were loud. You could hear they them in the arena. Well, yeah. They traveled really well. And what surprised me was that during the Clippers Warriors series, um, this past year, Clipper fans uh outweighed the Warriors fans. What? They did. Yeah, they did. You could hear them more. Like by the end of the game, obviously when they're down, they, they uh, the Warriors fans were loud. For most of the game, the Clipper fans are pretty loud, and you can go back and check this. They were pretty loud for well, most no, of the game. I hope it's like that. I want it to. I want to see it like that. I want to see a good, great crowd. I still doubt that that they'll outweigh the Laker fans. Laker fans will be oh, everywhere. I still doubt it too. I mean, but, think about it. Laker fans haven't been able to go to a playoff game in six years. So, like, <laughs> yeah, that's true. There's that's just true. so much, and then you know, Kobe on top of that, and like how this team feels like it's on a mission, and there's uh, just so many things just combining that. People are probably just anxious to buy tickets right now. Matt, the other day I said that I think if everything else goes well for the Lakers with with maybe Dion coming in playing well, really well for them, Markeith Morris playing well, I said that I think that Kyle Kuzma could lose some rotation minutes and maybe, maybe fall out. Uh, he, he sort of uh, shut that down a bit yesterday. He played 22 minutes, but he was he didn't score well. It was 3 of 8 from the field, but it was his defense. It was his rebounding. Boards. His yeah. offensive rebounding, he hit three of them yesterday, um, that I think was really key. They were mostly timely baskets, too. He had a couple of nice blocks on Trez down low. Uh, did, is Kyle Kuzma, like, do you agree with me on that? Is Kyle Kuzma a guy who could lose minutes if, if everything else goes well in terms of Marquise playing well, Dion fitting in really well? Um, you know, maybe when, when, the, when the playoffs arrive and, and you know, your rotations shrink to maybe six, seven, eight guys, could you see Kuzma losing some minutes there? Yeah, I definitely it wouldn't completely surprise me if he loses some minutes. I don't know if I'd go so far as to say he falls completely out of the rotation. Okay. Uh, and some of that, I mean, I guess a lot of that's probably predicated on him showing a little bit more buy-in defensively. 
Right. And I think come a playoff series when you're really, you know, scouting just one team for your matchup and the Lakers can, you know, will go to him and say, hey, like, you've, you've shown in flashes and spurts that you can play defense on, you know, some of the top perimeter players. We need you to bring that against so-and-so. Uh, I think he does have still that competitive spirit in him. Uh, Ryan and I have talked a lot about, you know, kind of being disappointed, I think, with his season as a whole. Because when the roster took shape, he to me, he was a perfect six-man guy. He already liked to score. He had a nice offensive uh, repertoire. And so it just looked like it would fit well on paper, and it hasn't panned out. Yeah, I think I think like he's almost a version of Lou Williams in that you have him out there for offense. But the thing is, he has the size and the sort of physical attributes to be a solid defender. Uh, I just don't know if he's if he's shown that as much. I mean, well, he's shown spurts of it here and there. He said yesterday how he he likes the fact that he's able to guard more perimeter guys now, mm-hmm. and he's not banging with guys that are just pushing him around down low, like Zion. Yeah, that was ridiculous. I, I, I still don't understand why they didn't put a bigger guy on Zion when, when they were playing him. He did whatever the hell he wanted probably to Probably foot speed, that's why. He could probably drive by whoever the bigger guy is. I just, yeah, but it just, I mean, it was no challenge. And it, not a knock on it was like me completely. It was, it was like me bullying Noam today in the post? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Exactly, Noam. exactly <laughs> like that. Um, yeah, I, I, just, I just feel like he is their version of, of Lou, Lou Williams, but he's got the size and the ability to play defense. And I wonder if, if he can show up on that end He'll be much more, much less of a liability. Like you can live with his three of eleven nights if he's giving you a solid defense. Right. Yeah. I think de- I think defense is going to be what keeps him on the court or takes him off of it. Okay. Well, real quick on the Clippers side, any concern after this loss? Uh, no. I mean, like I said, I, the, it was an entertaining game. It was one that I think both teams and fans really look forward to. But at the end of the day, it's it's really just one game and. You could argue that maybe it meant a little bit more uh, to the Lakers, but, I mean, if you're the Clippers, I think you're fine. And, you know, Doc, especially with a head coach like Doc, who's kind of been with teams that have flown under the radar, not that the Clippers necessarily have, but he's he knows what how to kind of rally the troops if he needs to. Right, so, I mean, my thoughts on this are, if I'm the Clippers, I'm not worried at all after losing to the Lakers. Like, I don't think this loss worries you one bit. Uh, it's a shocker. Because you, you were going to... One. Because you Shocking. look, you, it's tough to beat a team four times in a regular season. Um, you're not always going to have your best nights, uh, especially when that team has LeBron and Anthony Davis. Um, I thought it was impossible to expect that. Um, but I do think that when you, when you look at guys not named Kawhi, Paul George, and Montrezl Harrell, they combined to score 25 points on nine of 42 shooting. That's seven guys combining to score 25 points. Two of those are guys who average 18 points a game right now. Uh, so it just, I think. Part of that, yes, was the Lakers' defense. They forced some tough shots. But I also think they just missed shots. Um, so I don't know. I, I don't think I'm too worried about it from the, from the Clippers. So the real question is, do they beat them in a seven-game series? I, I'm, I'm with Matt on that, where I, I think either either one winning would not surprise me one bit. I think the, I think I, I can see the Clippers winning in six, and I can see the Lakers winning in six just as easily. It's just both teams are that talented. Um, this thing's going seven. You think seven? Yeah. Man, to travel There's all the way to the seventh game? There's just too much <laughs> hype. There's too much seemingly bad blood. I mean, it was somebody said. I don't. I think there's a level of respect there, though. Uh, Pat Beverly. Uh, uh, aside Pat from Beverly. Pat, aside, Pat, I yeah, told I don't you, know if there was respect there. No I challenge. Told, I told, no I told, challenge. I think I, I was saying this earlier. Like, Pat, it's like guarding Matt Moreno. 
Pat's no, a guy no who challenge. Pat's a guy who okay, doesn't check who the, doesn't check the tape on that. <laughs> oh, 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 we're gonna see some tape. Oh, he could shoot, man. He could shoot. <laughs> uh, but I was saying earlier, like Pat isn't a guy who's gonna compliment guys he's playing against. The one time I can remember him doing that is when KD dropped fifty on them in Game Six and eliminated them. And after that, he was like, "Yo, he's like he's the best player in the world. But like you we gotta, tried everything." You gotta admit that's a stupid comment to make. It's a bold comment. That's that's a bold board fucking material comment. Yeah, it's not it's not a great comment, but I'm. It's his mentality. That 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 mentality got him to the, into the NBA. I guess. So, I, just, I don't know. I just thought it was kind of a. I, mean, yeah, I like. I like. Fine. Yeah, I like. I like that fairly just, to an extent. But that that was a little like, come on, dude, really, no challenge. <laughs> yeah, it probably could have been said a little bit better. Yeah, exactly. I think he also knew who was asking the question. I think it was uh, Harrison Sanford, Danny Green's uh, co-host for the pod. Oh, the yeah. And Greener. I think he was like, uh, I know where you're going with this. No challenge. I'm not going to entertain that. Um. I think a big a big topic of discussion that's come up is LeBron's MVP case and whether he's surpassed Giannis. Uh, like right now in the standings, the Bucks are fifty three and eleven, the Lakers are forty nine and thirteen. They're three games behind technically. Um, that's and, crazy. They got to close that gap. Yeah, and 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 is LeBron has LeBron closed that gap, Matt? I think he definitely closed the gap before before the weekend. I'd peg it at maybe 75-80% we're saying Giannis uh, will and should win MVP uh, I think LeBron has entered into the conversation more so than he was before but I still, to me I would still give it to Giannis and it's not necessarily a slight on LeBron, it's just the, Giannis and the Bucks have obviously had a tremendous season themselves now I, he's he has his knee injury uh, and so if he ends up missing significant time and LeBron sort of leads the Lakers to the best record, then I think it'll swing the MVP back in his favor. Sounds kind of familiar. Didn't I say I, yeah. that earlier? Today? Yeah, you did. You did say that. And, and I, I, I would tend to agree with that. I don't think LeBron's done enough yet. I think he's entered the conversation a lot more now. Like, he was in it, but he wasn't the favorite. What? I think it's gone from clear, clear-cut clear Giannis, Giannis is winning this. There's no chance for anybody else to LeBron being like, okay, you can't ignore this. Yeah. You can't yeah. ignore yeah, I agree. what he's doing. Right? I would agree. LeBron won another Player of the Week award. Um, he's playing tremendous. Led his team to two of the biggest wins of the season, I would say, over the Bucks and the Clippers in back-to-back games. Um, still leading the league in assists, I believe, at 10.6 per game. Would be the oldest player to do so if he does uh, lead Which them. Which is pretty crazy in itself. And in his last, what, his last nine games where they've his won... His assists actually have been down, actually, the last couple of games. <laughs> his last nine games where they've gone 8-1, and one, he's averaging... 30 points and barely basically triple double 30 10 and 8 and 9 so pretty much what i dropped pretty much yeah <laughs> same, same thing uh, so so you think the only way lebron wins mvp is if they end up eclipsing the bucks in the standings and getting home court throughout the playoffs right i mean i i guess maybe if they finish one game one game off of them he he, he could still kind of steal it if you will but i think the only way he definitively I, I feel comfortable saying that you know he will absolutely win MVP if that happens. Lakers pass the Bucks and finish with the best record. So that's that's the thing then the the record. You think that's what's gonna well, convince everybody? I mean, the, the record, and I think it needs to be LeBron carrying them there. Like it can't be Anthony Davis all of a sudden rips off you know four points of forty five, four games of forty five points or something like that. Uh, we're gonna pause real quick to tell you guys about Untuck It. Uh, you ever wonder why traditional button-ups look so long and so baggy? I've always been curious. I know you have. That's because they were never meant to be worn that way, Ryan. <laughs> Untuck It shirts were specifically designed to be worn 
untucked. No matter your size, no matter your size or shape, their t-shirts are perfect untucked length. With more than 50 fit combinations, untucked shirts look great on all tall, short, slim, and athletic guys of all ages. Don't take our word for it. Just take, just try untuck it for yourself. Try untuckit.com and use code BLUEWIRE for 20% off your first order. That's untuckit.com and the code is BLUEWIRE, B-L-U-E-W-I-R-E. They even offer free shipping and returns on all orders in the U.S. Uh, shifting ahead now, uh, we mentioned LeBron is questionable to play on Tuesday against He's the Nets. He's not playing tomorrow. Um, Book it. How much should the Lakers value home court versus valuing um, health? Because obviously health is number one, but if Giannis is going to miss more games, like you said, it's, it could happen, and they have a legit chance of getting home court throughout the playoffs, shouldn't they go for it? I think you should. I think it's something they'll keep an eye on, but you try, you still try to kind of steal a game for LeBron and AD here and there. And I, I agree with Ryan. I don't see LeBron playing tomorrow night. Uh, it's, you know, the Nets obviously are having, you know, going through their own issues right now, but also he just kind of maxed himself out in back-to-back games. So it makes sense to give him a rest. Uh, and then you kind of hope, you know, the Bucks are playing tonight and they're losing right now to the Nuggets. So you just kind of hope you can pick up a game here or there. And then if Gian- if or when Giannis comes back and then you know, hopefully LeBron's in better health, you you make your push then. Yeah, I, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, I could see them closing the gap. I really could, especially with Giannis, because I saw Giannis come out of the locker room uh, after that game, and he was limping badly. And I, I could tell there was something really wrong there. Even though he, the first thing he said was, I'm good, I'm good. But you could just tell. I mean, I bet his knee was all bruised up, and obviously he's not playing tonight, right? No, he's no, out. He's not playing. No, he's out. Okay, so don't be surprised. He misses a good stretch of games here. Especially with they, they've got to be totally concerned, like uh, with the playoffs just around the corner. I mean, there's only 20 games left for the Lakers, so – can't be too much different on their end, right? For the Clippers? No, for the for the the Bucks. Oh, the Bucks. Yeah, they're, they're, I mean, I'm sure they're going to value health over everything, and they have a, I want to say like a nine game lead in the standing. So I don't think they're even worried about that. But uh, I will say for the Lakers, I will say this: this was the biggest weekend they've had all year. It's the biggest stretch of games. You just beat two of the best teams in the NBA, and now your confidence level is as high as ever. Um, I think they're going to be on cruise control here, but I do agree with Matt. They're going to rest. LeBron and AD here and there, but they don't really have many challenging matchups coming up. Even the even the fourth time they play the, the Clippers is going to be the third night of a back to back to back. I think their most challenging stretch. Not to cut you <clears throat> off here, but their most challenging stretch is probably this next week and a half, and then it gets easier from there. They have Brooklyn, uh, not great. You should win that game, but then they have Houston, uh, then they have Denver, both at home. Then you have Utah and Utah. Uh, that's Utah at Utah, and then the first and the second time back that's here. That's a weird stretch too. Um, <laughs> so basically four playoff teams, four teams right below you in the – well, not right below you, but below you in the standings. Um, and then from there, it's like Charlotte, Detroit. You yeah, got one against Toronto, but Cleveland, Washington, Minnesota. Those are games you should win. Um, so I think this, this this next week, if they can take care of business, they should have a good chance to, to get the number one overall seed in, in the NBA. Yes, yeah, and even kind of looking ahead to that stretch, it, it leads me to believe more so that I think LeBron sits tomorrow night and then you have him – 
playing against the Rockets and the Jazz, and you get through that, you hopefully, you know, you try to win as many of those games. Right. And then once it's, once it's, like you're saying, the schedule lightens up, and then you figure out when you sit and rest them after that. So you, and I mean, sorry, go ahead. If if Giannis, I mean, I, you know, he's limping the way Ryan said he was, and I, I think he's probably going to be out four or five games at least. It wouldn't mm-hmm. shock me. I wouldn't be surprised to see him out for two weeks. Yeah, and I like Tomer said. You know, the stand. I think the Bucks they're in a position where they you have to value, you have to prioritize health over you know getting him back for these regular season games, when especially you, this late in the season. Yeah, well, you got to right. think for the Bucks that they, they they don't have the challenges that the Lakers will in the playoffs, right? They they're going to be facing a team that they're probably going to sweep with relative ease. In the right first. now, it's looking like the Magic, by the way. And what's their record? Like uh, way the under Magic are, I want to say they're below 500. Well, I think the Nets were just above them, and they were five they're, games below. They're 29 and 35. Oh, so it's not said. It could be the Nets or, or the Magic. But um, either one. Either yeah. one they're going to cruise through. Yeah. Right? And that's another opportunity for Giannis to, to rest. Or like, you know, if they're killing him by the third quarter, he's not playing in the fourth. Right. Uh, whereas the Lakers, they're going to have to come with it every, every single round, even against a maybe a scrappy a Grizzlies team or the Pelicans or I don't know so much about the Blazers, but – no, um, I wouldn't worry about them. I mean, looking at the standings right now, um, I think the Lakers are clear-cut going to get the number one seed in the West, especially after yesterday's win. I don't think anybody's going to close. Cl- yeah, no one's, no one's going to close. Clips, Clips are number two, right? Clips are six and a half games behind right now. Yeah, they're not going to close that game. Um, but then but then two to two to four is pretty crazy. It's it's Clippers, um, it's Nuggets, and then it's Jazz. But the J- Nuggets are one game behind the Clippers. The Jazz are two games behind the Clippers. And you want to finish in that two to three spot in order to avoid or avoid playing the Lakers till the conference finals. Um, I don't think either team necessarily wants to avoid each other in that way, but I think they prefer to meet in the conference finals where storyline wise, it's, you know, the, the Western conference runs so through LA. They don't care about storylines. So what I think they do care about is being prepared to mm-hmm. take on each other. If you go through two rounds, you're already battle tested. Right, you're ready for that third round. But are you also exhausted? That right, possibly. that's what I was. That's the point I was going to bring up. Is if if you're the Lakers and you've seen Kawhi and the Clippers, you know, maybe play four or five, you know, five or six games in the first round, and then another five or six in the second round. By the time you're getting him, is his knee an issue? And conversely, if you're the Clippers and you're watching LeBron, is just age. Anthony Davis seems to get his get uh, mix and acts here and there. So, well, what it could I mean, yeah, it I, could come down to is just that second round. Whoever both teams play in that second round and how tough an opponent that is, that could really determine, you know, what you're going to see out of both teams in the, in the West Finals. Yeah. So I, I, I will say this. I think if I'm the Clippers, I don't know what team you wouldn't want to play. Um, I, think, I think they match up good with I everybody. I think they match up well with pretty, pretty much everyone. I was telling this earlier to a friend. I think the Jazz are a weird lineup just because of the style they make you play. They make you slow down your, your game and, and – and, you know, it's it's not a it's not a high octane game. There's not a lot of transition games there, and especially won't be in the playoffs. I don't think. Um, so the Jazz are kind of a weird, even though they're not great offensively, they're kind of a weird team for me that I I don't know if the Clippers would want to see. And same with the Thunder. I think that they they've really built some good chemistry with that team, and they everyone knows Thunder their would role. Be a, be a scary match. I think for the Thunder. I mean, storyline wise, would be amazing. I just don't know if if because I think they'll be all. They give them trouble. They give them some yeah. trouble. I think they got um, nothing to lose. Who do you think? Uh, on the Lakers side would, would be the most, I don't want to say given who would give them the most trouble. Uh, I think if you're looking at the first round, probably, probably the Pelican. I mean, I, the, to me, the Pelicans and the Grizzlies would both represent similar challenges. I think they'd be entertaining games. 
probably five game series. You know, they're close for three and a half quarters, more mm-hmm. or less, until the Lakers sort of pull away late each time. Uh, so but, there's that, and then I think in general, though, in in general, not not just in the first round, but in general, aside from the Clippers, who in the West sort of you think is it the Rockets who gives them trouble? Who is it? Uh, yeah, I, th- I was going to say probably the Rockets only because you have somebody in James Harden who, I mean, his playoff history obviously isn't great, but he is still a prolific scorer who can get hot. Uh, and Westbrook, I mean, he's it could go either way. And if, if, he's, if he's rolling as well and he's kind of pushing the ball up the court, he's making you guys run, that could be difficult for the Lakers. And, it, we, I mean, I know it was just one game, but the Rockets already proved that their small ball lineup can at least win once against them. Mm-hmm. And kind of contain AD. Yeah, I, 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 I want to say it's the Rockets just because they have a weird, they have they they have a weird dynamic, don't they, Ryan? I, I just think they they've got the star power to do it, right? They've got two guys that have, are, both been in the finals, right? Right, Westbrook and Harden. Both right. have gone deep into the playoffs multiple times. I mean, those guys could could turn up, you know, and they could. Give him a lot of problems. So is it the and Rockets I think for you, you have you have PJ Tucker, whose physicality could be a factor, and you know, like true. I said earlier, kind of pushing AD away from the basket. So I was talking to Zubats about this yesterday, and because the Clippers beat the Rockets by like twenty or fifteen, uh, but they're up thirty that game, and I asked him like, what what makes PJ Tucker so tough? And he says that he has a low base, and he just he's so strong. I got the same problem. He's so strong that he's he's hard to box out if he gets position on you, and if you do try and jump, it'll be like an over the back foul if you, if you if you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I thought that was interesting that a big man like Zeus, you know, he, PJ still creates some kind of nightmare problems in terms of he said I have to go out to the to the corners and guard PJ's threes, which open up the lane. So mm-hmm. uh, all sorts of problems there. But Ryan, just real quick, so is it the Rockets for you as well? Yeah, I think so. I think uh, Denver might sneak in there, maybe. Really, he might like just surprisingly be a tough tough matchup. But I think you I think you got to go Rockets right now. Okay. Uh, anything else we want to talk about heading into this? Uh... I don't know. How you doing, Matt? I'm doing good. <laughs> Having a good little Monday? Uh, yeah, it wasn't too bad. <laughs> uh, so just going over the next week for both teams, uh, the Clippers have uh, the Golden State Warriors Tuesday in Golden State, you know, in San Francisco. Excuse me. Golden State's not a place. <laughs> um, Is it in your mind, though? Golden do you State remember, in mind? remember when Shaq was like, uh, the Warriors are in Golden State? They thought there was a city. He thought there was a city called Golden State or something. Uh, he he didn't know where they played. Um, yeah. Anyways, uh, Clippers play uh, in San Francisco against the Warriors back home uh, on Friday and Saturday for a back to back against the Nets and Pelicans uh, before hosting the Mavs exactly a week from today, Monday. Uh, that'll be Mavs' first time against the Clippers in LA. We haven't seen Luca. Uh, really? On the Clippers side, yeah, we haven't seen him That's here. Weird. So. Yeah, that is weird. It's a late one. Um, on the Lakers side. Uh, Brooklyn Nets coming up tomorrow, Tuesday at home. Uh, and as I mentioned earlier, the Rockets Thursday uh, at home and the Nuggets Sunday at home. Um, and then they go for for on the, on a week from today, Monday, they go to Utah to play against the Jazz and they'll be back home on Wednesday uh, to play the Jazz. So got, I got to mention this stretch, though, after looking at it to see when the uh, it's pretty, it's pretty the, easy. The fourth. No, the fourth time that they play the Clippers. Remember, I mentioned it earlier in the office. Oh, OK. They play Sacramento in Sacramento, back-to-back against the Thunder here. They have one day off. Then they play Golden State, Chicago, and the Clippers three straight. 
So that have, is a rough stretch. It's five. I mean, games. I'm not talking about talent wise, but like, that's that's a lot of games in a short amount of time for an NBA team. That's five games in six days essentially. It's one in Sacramento. That's and then four home games in five days. Pretty much. I've so. never seen a stretch like that before. The Lakers really got screwed. Matt, what do you think of, of the rescheduling? Uh, I was a little surprised that the date they ended up picking gave the Lakers three games in a row. Uh, but I mean, I, I didn't look at all like I didn't completely go in depth in terms of looking at uh, what Staples Center might have also had coming up because obviously that's a factor as well. Mm-hmm. It was uh, it was very packed. I know that April 10th there was a Nick Cannon iHeart thing, I believe, and I thought that was the possible date to replay it. But but if you think about this from the from the the point of view of who's getting the best record in the NBA, and you got five games in six days. That's insane. The Lakers are going to have to do some serious management in those games. Right? I agree. I agree. I think you mentioned it earlier where I wouldn't be surprised if they sit him out, sit LeBron and AD, the eighth and the, uh, the seventh and the eighth against the Bulls and Warriors, and then play him on the ninth against the Clippers. Yeah. It or just makes or no even sense rest them against the Clippers. I mean, I don't, I don't know what you're really playing that game for unless you, you, you're that close to clinching the best record. Maybe you want to play spoiler and make the Clippers drop in the standings. Yeah, maybe. I just, I don't know. I just, like, remember how you were saying you didn't want Doc or you didn't think Doc was showing his hand in the last game? Yeah, I didn't you, think you so. Would, you're not going to do it there. There's right. only three games right. left in the season for the Lakers after that. That's true. I just think that's a really shitty stretch for the Lakers. Like, I'd be pissed. I don't even know if the players have actually looked at that yet. That They'd be like, what the hell? Yeah. No, that is rough, but it's... Yeah, they'll have to be careful with how they how they manage that. Thankfully, they're all at home. They're all home games, so... Yeah. You sleep in your own bed. Not to travel, so I think that plays a factor in it too. Um, Not to mention they're coming off a big road trip too. Yeah, it's like one, two, three, four, five, six games, six games six on the road games before, before that, playing yeah. Indiana, and then on the road again to Sacramento, and then start that. Well, Sacramento crazy was an, an hour flight from here, so not that bad. Yeah, but it's still still traveling though. Yeah, um, Matt, where can people find you? Uh, on Twitter, M. My last name Moreno one zero one five. And if you uh, if you want some Dodger coverage, I'll sneak in Dodger Blue 1958. We didn't ask for that. Battle for LA <laughs> is exclusively for, for that works for LA too for the Dodgers too. And we were asking for your address actually, <laughs> not, uh, okay. not your Twitter. Well, that one, uh, give them your address. Okay. Okay, sounds good. Anything else you want to plug? No, that was it. Thank you. I mean, obviously, Lakers Nation. Uh, kind of people. I think people know where that one is. Oh, you, oh, what a flex! Jeez, wow! <laughs> Who are, are you Dan Dwangdow? Is that? Jeez, Who are trying you? to be nice over here. Um, yeah, as usual, you guys can follow uh, Ryan Ward at Ryan Ward LA on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and YouTube now. Apparently, yeah, no numbers. You don't have to put any numbers in there. It's just you know straight, straight letters. Matt Moreno two four six nine. Yeah, yeah, what yeah. the hell is that? Um, this guy. Is that your social tour or something? Who's mad is this? <laughs> With the Italian accent. Like, Who's mad is Who's this? Who's mad is this? <laughs> he did the hand motion. Um, you guys can follow me at Twitter, at Tomera Zarly. That's T-O-M-E-R-A-Z-A-R-L-Y uh, on Twitter and Instagram, actually. Um, yeah, no numbers there? No follow, numbers? follow. No, no numbers. There. No numbers. No. Okay, good. I'm not a Matt to you. I'm Matt to you. guys follow Clutch Points, uh, follow Blue Wire. Got a lot of good podcasts there. And, um, yeah, as usual, you know, subscribe to the podcast. Give us five stars. Share it, share it with your friends. Uh, any comments, questions, or concerns, you can leave it for us on uh, on Twitter or Instagram. No, or just send it that. all to Matt, actually. Send it all to Matt. You got his address. Okay, yeah, send it to Matt. We'll, we'll take that. 
Yeah, that um, works. Yeah, and hope you guys enjoyed it. Matthew, thank you for joining us today. This is awesome. Thanks, hope bro. to have you on soon again, but thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me on. That'll do it for us, guys. Have a good one. Later. Peace. For the ones who know that a little late is always too late, and that the clock doesn't stop just because you're missing a part, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry. And our KeepStock inventory management solutions help ensure you have the right stuff in the right place at exactly the right time. Visit Granger.com/keepstock to learn more. Granger for the ones who get it done.